Wrecked Podcast is brought to you by Honeyminer. Want to start mining but never had the technical skills or time? Honeyminer's the answer. Honeyminer's the one-click install mining software that downloads directly to your desktop and earns you Bitcoin. Just download the desktop app and start mining immediately. What are you waiting for? Just go to Honeyminer.com and start earning Bitcoin while you sleep today. That's Honeyminer.com on Twitter at GetHoneyminer and on Telegram at t.me backslash Honeyminer. Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am Bunchu Betts, joined today by our other wonderful host, Cynthia. How are you? I'm a little sick, so bear with me, but I am here nonetheless, wrecked or not. Wrecked or not. So we are not only sometimes financially wrecked on this podcast, but also physically wrecked. Uh, And of course, um, Chamber. What's going on? Uh, I am in perfect health, yet my portfolio is still wrecked. Portfolio not in perfect health. Not in the on life support. And I, I'm somewhere in between, um, because such is my life that that's just I'm just always wrecked in some way or another, physically, mentally, financially, whatever. Um, but we have a excellent and awesome special special episode for you guys. Um, this is our sixth installment of interview episodes and um we are actually just about just a little over a month old is that right chamber our whole that podcast is, that's right yeah i think our first episode was june 27th I, I think that's true so we are just hitting a month's worth of episodes and already we have had the privilege of getting one of the biggest personalities in the crypto space today we will bring you an episode with the one and only john mcafee still blows my mind that blows my mind you know what you're saying he's one of the biggest personalities but if you think about it personality wise he is the biggest he is the biggest (laughs) and and he's probably also i mean he probably is the biggest influential person as well i would think no i mean is there anyone bigger out there not I mean, that's Satoshi. I mean, you, yeah, <laughs> I mean, not. I would say nobody that's currently in crypto is is bigger. I mean, you could have some people come in afterwards. You know what I mean? If Jeff Bezos comes in and wants to do an Amazon coin, he would sure. then be the biggest. But I think people that are currently in it, there, there's nobody. There's nobody bigger. So yeah, so I mean, he's got almost a million followers on Twitter. So I mean, that's pretty big in my book. So um, this was a interview that we recorded uh, last week, um, last Tuesday. There's no, you know, specific price talk or anything. So you'll never know that it was recorded last week. Everything is just very uh, generically crypto, and then. Uh, you get the very, very fun and off the rails John McAfee as well. So um, we will actually, for this portion of the podcast and the interview, we'll be saying goodbye to Chamber because he couldn't make the the interview with us. So you yeah. will not hear you will not hear any Chamber on this uh, interview, um, but he was there in spirit 
and sure definitely was. and definitely for all the drug talk. So yeah, I was I was he doing was, a lot of texting. He was guys. texting us our, like moral support during the whole thing. Like, hey guys, how's it going? Everything good? <laughs> <laughs> so we won't keep you waiting any longer. So without further ado, this <laughs> is our the Wrecked Podcast interview with John McAfee. We hope you enjoy, and we will be back shortly after the interview to kind of just talk about it, and then. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was life-changing. So here it is. How are you, Mr. McAfee? Thanks for joining us. I am good. We really appreciate the opportunity to get to talk to you. Um, you know, we, uh, we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now. We, um, we like to have fun, so we are, uh, we're all about that. And we figured uh, what more fun personality in crypto than Mr. John McAfee. So we really appreciate the opportunity to uh, get to talk to you today. It's a roll of the dice. I mean, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's painful. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's awesome. We're looking hey, forward to it either way. Definitely. So, um, you know, I've heard a couple interviews and stuff. Obviously, you're one of the most influential guys out there in crypto right now. So, um, but I've never heard the story of how you, you know, very first got into cryptocurrency. Um, obviously, you're a huge proponent of it, and you're you're raising the flag everywhere. But how did you first get started? Well, I, I was drug uh, kicking and screaming into it in uh, 2014 by my friends who were into crypto. Um, in fact, the first one of my best friends, a guy named Jim Zaromsky, when he said he was mining, I didn't even understand what he was talking about. <laughs> God, what you you're digging for gold or silver? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but my friend said, you have to read this paper and you have to get into it. So as soon as I read uh, Satoshi's paper, I saw the wisdom and I saw the the absolute necessity of it and, and the fact that uh, it's not going to go away. I mean, he opened Pandora's box, you know, opening stuff, everything back in there, no matter what, not governments, not banks, yeah. not institutions. Uh, the world's simply going to have to get used to cryptocurrency. It's here to stay. Absolutely. And I, I think that's... Um more and more people are starting to see that, hopefully, and um, you know, with with your help and um, getting it out there, we can we can keep that going. So we did want to ask you, how are you feeling? We saw that a, a couple weeks ago, you were in the hospital um, with a, I guess, unfortunate um, incident. We wanted to ask you how you're feeling and if you could tell us anything about that whole situation. Well, yeah, I'm feeling great. I mean, I, I you know, my body is fairly resilient and, and I recover fast. It was such you a you look great. Pardon? You look very healthy. You look great. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't talk about it for obvious security reasons, but um, right. maybe someday. Sure, no problem. Maybe, um, go pardon? Ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, maybe in my memoirs. Oh, there we right. go. Definitely. I want, <laughs> I want a signed copy of those, please. <laughs> so um, we were actually all just talking off air also about, um, you know, we had seen some stories about you saying, hey, if, if you were going to run again for president, um, you'd run for, you know, um, the uh, possibly independent, possibly libertarian. What would what would be, you know, your your kind of campaign? What would be your stance? What would be the first thing you would even do if you if you were to ever become president? Well, number one, I don't want to be president and, and <laughs> becoming president would be an impossibility. When I ran the first time in, in 2016 on the Libertarian banner, uh, I came close to, to getting the Libertarian nomination. I was beaten out by Governor Johnson by just a small percentage. Mm -hmm. uh, but even then, I did not want to be president. Uh, what I want is the platform. Sure. Uh, even if I run under the Libertarian banner and even do not get the nomination, although I'm positive I will this time, 
simply because of my, my support group within the Libertarian Party. But even if I did not get the nomination, uh, I still have 10 months of campaigning where I'm on the national stage. Absolutely. Um, so I get to debate the other Libertarian uh, Party uh, people on the national stage, and I get, to, I get to get my ideas out there. And let me tell you something. It's not the president that changes America. It's the process of creating a president. It's a process of choosing a president. Because in that long process of people hammering everybody else, what's wrong with this, what's wrong with that, what's my solution to this, what's my solution to that, in that process, we get a greater depth of understanding of our situation and what's possible and what's not possible. So, no, that's what I want. And I want to talk about crypto and how it's going to change the world for the better or for the worse, uh, depending upon how we utilize it and how we apply it. Because I think that's the most important question and the most important issue facing the world today, not just America, but everybody in the world. We have, we have, we have an opportunity which so far we have misapplied to a horrible degree, um, taking what could be useful features and functions uh, of, of blockchain technology uh, and instead saying, oh, this token is going to rise in value, so I'm going to buy it and hold it. Oh, mm-hmm. What sense is that? But seriously, um, you know, it's, like, it's like someone invented the automobile, but nobody's driving it because uh, <laughs> there are so few of them and they're appreciating in value. So what's the point? So, so we have horribly misapplied it to this point. It's simply a means of making money, which is nothing more than the system that we currently have. So we need, to, we need to make the world aware of the enormous possibilities of crypto when applied uh, on the platforms that we have today provide enormous power. I mean, for example, the, I, I think one of the greatest tragedies was of a, an ICO called Outings. Now, what's Outings? Uh, it was a token and an application that, let's say you wanted to go out for a weekend with your family. Mm-hmm. And let's say you like street mimes or street musicians or any kind of street display by, by artists. Well, if you live in a large city like Los Angeles, there are always tons, but where are they? You know, the, the chance of randomly coming across one is very slim. But with outings, everybody who has the app, they'll go by, oh, there's, there's a street musician here playing saxophone. So you put into your outings and you might say, uh, you know, it's in Los Angeles if you like the dress. Um, you know, it's in a certain sector. If you like the address of where it is, uh, you, it'll be 10 outings or whatever you wanted to charge for that. Or let's say, let's say you're in a bar and Tom Cruise is there. And so for those people who want to see celebrities in, in the flesh, you go, hey, I'm in a bar with Tom Cruise. If you, if you want the name of the bar and location, that'll be 100 outings. So, <laughs> yeah. so what a great idea. Absolutely. Because what, what it does is it simplifies and enhances and, and uh removes the time element of entertainment. Good Lord, what else is there in life other than work and entertainment? No matter how you want to define entertainment. So, but what happened? No, people were you know, saying, oh, what's the coin worth? It's going up, it's going down. To hell with that. <laughs> Use the freaking app. Use the coins. Sure. So this is, what, this is what crypto could be or should be. Um, and it's just being misapplied. Now, it will not be misapplied forever. There are shining stars that, 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 that shine, where they are actually being applied. In the healthcare field, Docademic is one of those. I mean, it's throughout Latin America, um, and people are actually using it. And they have live doctors for free, at least for the first couple of visits. You know, you push a button, and uh, a doctor appears. 
And say, Doctor, this 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 thing on my arm, I don't know what it is. And he said, Well, show me. So he put the phone, and the doctor says, Oh, that's just a common skin rash. You need to get um, uh, whatever, a neosporin, and throw on, you'll be fine. Or they'll go, I don't know, that looks pretty dangerous. You need to have that checked out somewhere. Uh, today, they're releasing a, an equivalent application um, with a psychological help. Now, oh, that's interesting. Keep psychological help? Well, yes. Veterans, for example, veterans from, from foreign wars are committing suicide at the rate of 20 per day. Wow. And everybody reaches that point where you're about to give up, right? So, so have free psychological help. Now, how do the psychologists uh, get paid? Well, if you give free help and it's useful and it helps somebody, you can say, well, why don't you, we can do this regularly for a small amount because it's, 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 it's done uh, over the net, phone to phone. So this is being used, but that's rare. It's very rare to find a token like Docademic. Usually it's something like, um, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum, which we're just holding, hoping the price is going to go up. So how do you, um, how do you spread that message better? Because I think you make a really good point there because, you know, everybody, especially back in November when everything was going to 20,000 and all that stuff and people were, like, people were seeing this as, you know, a really kind of almost like a get rich quick, hey, I'm, this is the yes. next internet boom. What, what, so how, how can we go about in your mind spreading that message better? Because I think it's really important to, to think of it that way and not just, hey, um, you know, this will make me rich. Well, yeah, I'm doing that right now on your show, am I not? Because you are going to turn around and, and broadcast this to lots of people uh, in any way that we can. I mean, just, just talking about it helps. Showing people the ridiculous, the ridiculous. I'm not saying don't make money. I'm not saying don't, don't invest in Bitcoin. Right? That's, that's fine. But please, God, don't make it every single token and every single coin. Don't look at it as a means of getting rich. Look at it as a means of changing your life for the better. If we can just Actually, get to that point. I think I heard I heard you talking about outings on another podcast earlier this year. And I remember thinking that it was just such a great idea. I would love to have access yes. to an app like that. And it, it sucks that it's... But, but in order to do it, people have got to stop working the tokens and start using the app, right? Absolutely. This is the problem. They're, they're less interested in what the app can do than they are in whether the token is going to go up in value. Mm -hmm. So, so that simply has to change, and I think it will as we get more sophistication and and um, more experience in this. People will start seeing the value. There's really what, what we what do, what we want money for, what we want to get rich for, so we can enhance our lives with the things that enhance them. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you know better cars, but Jesus, but that's what the tokens are supposed to do themselves. Right. Yeah. It's counterproductive. You look at them as a store of value rather than a life-enhancing possibility. Yeah, I think so. How do you? And, and this is just a question that I always have because we we talked to somebody on the podcast that had been around for um, you know since 2009. So back then he was using Bitcoin for you know currency, and now you kind of see it changing a little bit into this this store of value narrative so i'd be interested in your opinion on that as well well bitcoin is a currency um i, I think as a currency there are there are some that are easier and some some that are that are more preferable to use uh i think uh, ethereum for example i mean we all know that ethereum uh, if, if both parties accept it is faster and cheaper mm -hmm. uh, and, and it does exactly the same function so 
Um, and I think this is even going to change. You know, as more and more privacy coins come out, like Monero, um, you're going to see people who are um, uh, uh, finally realizing that even with Bitcoin or Ethereum, everything you do can be tracked. Everything. Right. You know, they can watch your Ethereum move from one wallet to another wallet to another. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't know who the, who's the owner of that wallet, but you can certainly infer a lot. Um, Absolutely. So, so if people don't like that, knowing that the government can track them, knowing that your neighbors can track you, knowing that anybody you've ever sent an Ether to can track you, um, you might want to think about privacy coins. So I think more and more privacy coins are going to see the reach the center, center stage. And in terms of a method of payment, whether it's Monero or Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin private or whatever, uh, they are going to be more and more used because who does not want privacy? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Who, you know, who, who actually would prefer that everybody see what you're doing with your money? <laughs> yeah, you brought up a good point about your neighbors knowing what you're doing. I mean, yes. if you pay if you paid your lawn man, your lawn man would know that's your wallet address, and he could see yes. whatever you had spent Absolutely. money on ever. Absolutely. We don't have access to anybody's bank account. We can't see yes. that now. Why would we want that in the future? Yes, and so so this is this is the problem uh, that will be solved and, and can be solved now by simply switching. I think Monero is the most widely used privacy coin. Mm -hmm. It's not universal. But if you go onto the dark web, that's virtually all that people will accept. Right? So uh, I don't know which it will be, but one of them or, or some of them will end up. What's that? Okay. Um, weather warning. Yeah, we're living we're living in a storm here. So uh, so yes, I don't know which it will be, or it will be a number of them. But privacy coins will take the center stage as payment because nobody nobody would prefer that your neighbor, your gardener, the government, and everybody you've ever sent money to or received money from knows exactly what's in your wallet. Mm -hmm. who, who in the world wants that? So so they will come and they will take some steps. So that's an interesting point too. So that kind of leads me into thinking, oh, I'd be interested in your opinion on um, regulation and especially here in the U.S. with kind of how it's being treated so far. Do you think it's... Um, it's necessary. Do you think we are seeing some good movement towards that, or, or what's your opinion there? You're asking. You're asking a very radical person uh, that question. <laughs> right. well, that's why, we that's know. Why that's asking. why we want to know. <laughs> that's good. Has ever come from any regulation ever? Because what is a regulation? A regulation is designed to protect the innocent or the untutored, uh, the unaware. Um, because if, if you're taking care of yourself and you know exactly uh, what situation you're in, you're going to be cautious. You're going to be suspicious. You're going to trust no one, which is what life is all about. Uh, but if you're not, why the hell are you in this space? Right. When you come out to the Dodge City, you're not, you don't have a gun. You don't want to learn how to use a gun. And you expect to walk into a bar and order a drink uh, with no problem? I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. This is the world. That's a good so point. if you look at the highly regulated uh, sections of our government, the most regulated is the Food and Drug Administration. Right. Now, what, what does that mean? It means, for example, I, I, had, I had a surgery uh, for uh, cataracts uh, a month and a half ago. Now, the doctor told me that the best he could do was still not good enough because the FDA has not approved the good stuff that the Germans, the British, and the French, and every other country has been using for five years. Exactly. Why? Because the FDA has not approved it. Please, God, who is that helping? Yeah. Who is 
you know, life is a risky business, and you are responsible for yourself. So, no, I don't believe in regulations, and I think that regulations um, do nothing but impede, because those of us who do know what to do are restricted by the regulations of those that don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So we have to adhere to a world designed for idiots. That's what regulation is. That's very true. To be treated like an idiot, I would rather I would rather take responsibility for myself and move on. But no, did you show me one single regulation ever by a government, whether even if it's a law to protect our everybody, like in in the 1930s, alcohol is bad. You may not fucking drink it. <laughs> More yes. alcohol was consumed during that period than all of U.S. history. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It cannot work. You cannot change people's behaviors. I'm sorry. Uh, they change themselves when they see that they hit a brick wall. You know, you become addicted to cocaine, you lose your wife, your job, your car, and all of your money. Pretty soon, the film is really clear. You're going to you learn. Are, <laughs> yeah. But, but saying you may not use cocaine, that doesn't work. It just simply goes, oh, it must be good stuff. The government doesn't want to see <laughs> so, so, no, I don't believe in regulations, and that's my answer. No, that's a great answer. And I, I think it's... Uh, I think it's interesting because, you know, they're. Well, I think the government is trying to stifle or not stifle innovation, but I don't know. It's it's a tough scenario in the U.S. And it's, so they're not trying to stifle anything. They're trying to cement their own position. Mm-hmm. The SEC, for example, the SEC wants to control everything involving a transaction or a movement of money from one party to another, any business thing, and why? Because the more responsibility you have, then the more people you get to hire and the larger your budget and the more important you become. This is human nature, I'm sorry. And so, no, they're trying to reach into crypto is absolutely absurd. The Supreme Court made a judgment in the 50s that they gave three absolutely necessary conditions to exist before you can call something a security. None of those fit. None of those can be applied to crypto, and yet the SEC still insists their securities, we're going to control it. It's the overreaching of every branch of the government. This happens in all governments, not just ours. Uh, you know, the more power you get, the more corrupt you become. This is just a fact of life. Yeah, awesome. So I appreciate that. Um, so you mentioned a couple projects that you um, are interested in, obviously, academic outings, things like that. We wanted to, you know, know a couple other ones that you might be thinking about. But the one thing I did want to ask first, I've been uh, following your Twitter and everything. What is BitFi and why should I have it? Well, BitFi, okay, I'm calling it unhackable. People claim there is no such thing. And under the old paradigm of thinking, where you have a processor and, and applications that protect you, they're absolutely correct. Anything with an app or memory can be hacked. But this device has no memory and it has no applications. It is a hardware device that simply takes a phrase that you get to choose in your head and converts that phrase on the fly into your seed keys, creates a wallet that, uh, on the fly, does what you want, like send or receive, uh, terminates the wallet, and, and everything goes back into your head. Really, your head becomes the wallet. Your brain becomes the wallet. And if you can remember a, a simple 30-character phrase, uh, which is more than than you know, the largest supercomputers could ever randomly find uh, in a million years, then if you can remember that phrase, it's unhackable. Now, sure, someone could kidnap you and start removing your fingers and ask you for the phrase, uh, but then the wallet has another thing. You can choose a fake account or a fake uh, 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 thing. Where's That's pretty cool. 
and and put a few put a few Bitcoin in there or a few Ethereum uh, if you have lots of money and put a small amount in there. So they and they say, they got here's, you. My, here's my key. Here's my key, and you give it to them, and they say, "Oh my God, they're going to sell me five thousand dollars. Why did we kidnap what? this guy?" <laughs> so so it has that feature as well. But uh, yeah, we can't we can't prevent people from voluntarily or under duress giving up their their code. Um, we can't keep people from being foolish and telling it to their wife when, unbeknownst to them, their their wife is having an affair with a neighbor and she's planning on leaving you anyway, right? So, <laughs> uh, so we can't protect about we can't protect from stupidity. But uh, if you follow follow the very simple instructions, it is unhackable because there's no memory on the device and no software. Yeah. It is. It is simply a translator that translates your phrase uh, into seed keys. End of story. That's really interesting because that to me also says, I mean, I, I don't have one personally yet, but I will probably be getting one because I think it's pretty cool. Um, you could technically lose it then, correct? And as long as you have yeah, your... Just buy another one. Just yeah. buy another one and it, it, it fits right in. It takes your phrase and gives you exactly your seed keys. So as long as you have your seed key... It's you... pretty amazing. No, as long as you have your phrase, okay. It's right. hard to remember seed keys. That's you know, ten or twelve words that, that are random, and I can't do that. But you get to choose your phrase. You know, Mac if he says to be or not to be. Okay, what are the chances of someone else choosing that phrase, right? Right. Uh, and and to try to randomly find that phrase, almost impossible because of the the the, the near infinite uh, combinations of thirty characters. Yeah. Not just the numbers, but 30 characters. It's not just 1 through 10, but we have almost 30, well, plus the, plus the numbers, almost 40 characters per unit in that 30-character in that string. I mean, so the, 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 the chances of randomly finding it are one in many, many quintillions. That's pretty interesting. I'm definitely going to look into that a little more. Um, how about any other projects that you're interested in? Uh, and, or oh, we're coming out. Uh, we've made two attempts uh, abortive to uh, to release our McAfee market cap. It's right. it's the uh, uh, absolutely real time where you uh, with every transaction you'll see the numbers changing. Uh, first real time uh, market cap program uh, with features you you couldn't believe. It's got you know uh, once you become a member and once you log in. Um, the um, uh, once you've logged in, you have features that you don't normally have uh, just for driving by. You can you can have uh, chats with other users, group chats, uh, you know, followers like on Twitter. Uh, it's a social as well as a, a crypto uh, a product. So uh, the the problem is that the the two times that I've released it, uh, the number of followers that I have that go there are many thousands per second, <laughs> right? <laughs> and have popped down our servers both times. So with this, this third time, probably in the next twenty four hours, um, you know, we've we've upgraded our our um, cloud service to an unlimited, allegedly, <laughs> of <laughs> transactions, um, and we'll see how that goes. But but yeah, I I think you will love it. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I do have to ask you a question. So, you know, with this blockchain, um, we I, I've been a part of a couple like blockchain collectibles um, projects, and I've, I've been interested in that as far as, you know, how blockchain can prove ownership and, you know, maybe change something like digital art and things like that. Yes, uh, what's your, what's your opinion on something like that? Well, I, I'm, I'm coming out with the... Uh, a McAfee Redemption Unit myself, which is um, uh, a mix between a fiat and um, uh, and crypto. It's actually it's artwork. It, it's uh, each bill, and it's the size of a dollar bill with with incredible artwork 
with, okay. Uh, I think I've seen that on Twitter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, I'm having it done in Mexico um, simply because I couldn't get uh, a U.S. Uh, monet monetary printer uh, to accept my business. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that's awesome. And so we're we're a month and a half late, but I think it's on the way now. Um, so I'm I'm doing that, and and each bill is a collectible item, and yet you can turn them in uh, for tokens, which then can be traded on an exchange. And speaking of exchanges, I'm coming out with the McAfee Exchange in a month, um, and hopefully it's going to be unlike any other exchange, where because the exchanges are the gods of this industry, and and they become. You know, egotistical and arrogant and corrupt overnight. Why? Because you've got billions of dollars in deposits, and they're in your account. Where you can do what you want with them. You know, you can lend them out. You can, you know, wait until the price right. You can do anything you want. Uh, and then you've got exchanges like HitBTC. First of all, who are they? Where are they? You don't know. This is, you you can't find what country they're in, an address. You can't find an owner, a director, nothing. All you get is odd tech support messages through email, which are untraceable, with you know, with probably bogus names, and and yet they they have billions of dollars worth of crypto. Now, the 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 letters that we've gotten from from my user base are horrendous. The way that they treat customers, mm -hmm. you know, waiting for months before they release your funds. Uh, what are they doing with it in the meantime? You know, I'm sure they're doing something, making money. So no, uh, so the McAfee Exchange is it's 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 basically based on a forex exchange, foreign exchange, which is really what this should be in any case, um, a company that's been in business for quite a while. And um, we are hopefully not, not going to develop that arrogance. <laughs> and, um, so how, and is that, how is that built to work? Which is service to your customers. How is that built to work, something, say, different than, you know, Binance or even like a decentralized exchange like IDEX? Well, okay, we, we've been we've been running it in test mode with with uh, almost a hundred million dollars a day with the existing clients of the forex exchange that wanted to do crypto. Uh, number one, we're we're much faster, and, and you know once you become a member, there's no wait time. You know we, we turn things around, and 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 you have what you've deposited within minutes rather than days or weeks with or sometimes months uh, with some of these exchanges. Um, and you don't have to jump through hoops. Uh, to validate yourself, like you have to do with some of the exchanges, they want to. Oh my God! Pardon? I hate that. I, I know. You have to go through thirty-two steps and yes, picture on your forehead and all this crap. If you have the crypto, or not. If you have the crypto, send it to us. Uh, ah, right. Okay, end of story. So no, we're not we're not doing that madness because that's insane. It and is. And that's a sign of arrogance. We will only accept you as a customer if we want to accept you. Well, bullshit. We will accept you as a customer if you've got the money. Okay. Right. Got the crypto, you want to exchange it, you're a customer. Now, you don't have to give us your name, address, and things of that nature simply because we are obligated um, to a certain extent to know at least who we're dealing with and what country you're in. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, that's it. So I think you will find it to be a user-friendly and a completely non-arrogant exchange. I'm hoping it's going to be a reflection of my deeper personality, which is very humble. That's so, cool. Yeah, that's cool. I think... Uh, uh, you make a good point about the exchanges because, I mean, even places like Binance, they're obviously the probably the leader right now, but even just to get coins listed on there, it's like a king's ransom just to get... Well, yes, you know, they got to buy a Lambo plus, plus pay <laughs> their outrageous fees, and even then, even then they'd be choosing no. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's like, 
you know, and then uh, some of them give the excuse, well, the SEC, the SEC, well, the SEC has virtually no power on most of these exchanges, they're overseas, right. which is a total nonsense reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just arrogance, and it, it's the power that they have. If, in fact, the world were only the world of crypto, then the exchanges would be the equivalent of the robber barons in the medieval ages, right? <laughs> totally. Absolutely. I, uh, I have to backtrack. Uh, when we were talking about the collectibles and the blockchain art on blockchain, because I actually have McAfee art on yes, the blockchain. Yes, have you seen? This? And I need to know. If, have you seen? Art? Have you, yes, what? have you uh, have you heard of Pepe Dab? No, it's so the, well, Pepe, Pepe the frogs. Oh, Pepe! Yes, of course. There are little <laughs> trading cards on Pepe Dab. It's on Ethereum, yeah. and my first card that I ever bought was a frog McAfee. Yes. Really? I've never and seen it. Hold on. If you've never it's seen actually it, a real card? You've it's never a, seen no, it? we got to show it. No, I don't get out much, and people don't tell me. So no, it's a digital card. card. It's not a trading card. Well, it's a digital trading card, right? It's, right. But it yes. is. Uh, can you see my desktop? It says I'm sharing it. Can you see it? I can see yes. me. I can right, see. Hold on. Here you go. Ready? Yep. There it is. Frog, Maca- oh, Frog McAfee. No way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So that is on Pepe Dapp, and that you have. So this was created by uh, a crypto a crypto artist, and it's it's actually it's pretty cool. I'll show you really quick. Um, this is bad radio, but there's the whole marketplace here with all these people with all these cards. So they actually made one. They made did one they, for. Did they tell how many have been printed? And yes, they did. yes. So yes. There are. Well, I, I need to buy some for me. Yes, you can. So there's Elon. Elon Musk has one. Dennis Frogman. Uh, yes. There's a Trump. There's a Zuckerberg. There's Kanye West. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so here you go. Donald there's a Satoshi. There's, there's, there's a. Uh, uh, there's Roger Veer. <laughs> Roger Veer. So, no, Roger Veer gets a bad rap. I am sorry. You know, I. I, I love Roger Veer. <laughs> I never understood. Um, why Roger had any following at all until last year in uh, in Hong Kong, where we we keynoted um, what the the conference that should have been held in China, which China banned uh, any talk of crypto at that time. So we moved to Hong Kong, but he got up on the stage, and good God, that guy is one of the most charismatic people in the world. Yeah. So I he really is. Yeah. But, but in person, in person, I, I'd rather shoot myself in the foot than have dinner with him. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not that he's boring, but but he's boring. I guess that's it. So, but on stage, oh hell yes! I mean that that dude rocks on stage. Well, so yeah. it's funny you're talking about other crypto personalities. We wanted to ask you who throws the best crypto parties. Everybody knows that Brock Pierce. Good God! <laughs> I heard your podcast uh, on Bucharest, another one about okay? Brock. Last year in Bucharest, I have never seen anything like it. Okay, so. So Brock Brock invited me to keynote. It was his. It was one of his D ten E conferences, and I've done Brock for quite a while. Uh, and he's the party animal of all. So he went and took all of the speakers to to um, uh, Dracula's castle. Uh, oh, you know, so we all went, and on the way back, he distributed ecstasy to everybody. <laughs> had a sound system with with speakers in the bus, and started playing music, and we all were singing to it. <laughs> uh, and like when we we stopped to, to get gas, get food, or, or to take a leak or something, people looked at us like we were aliens because we were we were just kind of weird. I'm sure a, a bus full of people were, were coming off all on ecstasy, uh, and then they went on for three or four days, um, during which time Brock had to speak a couple of times. Um, 
And how he does it, I do not have a fucking clue. But <laughs> no, Brock Pierce, he's, he throws the best party of any man on this planet. That's awesome. Uh, Cynthia, we need to figure out how to get some invites to those parties. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> uh, speaking, actually, speaking of that, I saw you tweet um, yesterday oh. a story about having a fan come to your house that you... Oh, my uh, God. Oh, my God. That was amazing. We were just talking I was about laughing that. so guy, hard. A total wacko. <laughs> total wacko. I mean, like he was, he was just telling the most bizarre stories. Everything was a lie. Um, and we finally decided that dude's got to leave now. So I asked him to leave in the morning. Um, he didn't. Uh, I asked him to leave at noon. He said, I need to take a nap for an hour after the nap. After the nap, he said, I've got to pack. It took him an hour to pack. Then he said, I can't find my car keys. So um, he said, I left him in the kitchen, which is bullshit because he didn't, he didn't come to the kitchen before he got here. So I finally had him forcibly evicted. And then he sent me. Uh, probably 200 texts oh all of God. very <laughs> angry very you know very uh graphic uh calling me a whore pussy you, you think. and it just went on so finally just blocked his number that's crazy uh, a, a totally wacko oh, totally man. oh my gosh <laughs> Well, we want, we want an invite to the party, and we won't be that weird. <laughs> well, listen, if you go to Brock's party, there's not such thing as weird. <laughs> yeah, he, took us, like he took us to an underground club in, um, I think it was the next night. The things after the ecstasy thing sort of fell in, into just a blend of, I, I couldn't distinguish one thing from another, but uh, to a club, I think the following night, uh, the likes of which I have never seen. Um, <laughs> If you've never seen it, it must be crazy. That's uh, very true. I noticed that there were really weird acts going on on the stage between beautiful women and and uh, muscular men and you name it. Uh, so, awesome. so he knows the places to go, not just you know, not just throwing a party. He knows the places to go, and then and then other times, like let me tell you, so. So he invited me to his, his place in, uh, in California, uh, uh, right on the canals. Beautiful place. Uh, and I was, I was in town, so I came over. And that day, he had a violinist uh, out on the canal, a professional, playing the sweetest, most heart-rending music you have ever heard. And it was very quiet. And the only drugs I saw there were alcohol and weed. What did I saw, anyway? Uh, <laughs> uh, and everyone was just sitting, listening to this music. And, and literally, I finally went out and stood right by the violins because the, the music just uh, attracted me. It, was, it drew me in like, like the sirens of legends. <laughs> and, um, and I was literally crying wow. uh, because you know, a, a good violinist can rend the heart. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Any other musician. And so, so that's the other side of rock. Wow. You know, where it's not wild and crazy, but it's right. fucking deep. So... He's, he's a man of many talents. That's very cool. And, and, and a very good friend. Very and cool. we often lead each other astray. <laughs> those are, aren't okay, those the time. best friends to have, though? That's exactly uh, Yeah. All of my best friends are the exact same way. So. Right. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm, I'm a connoisseur of legal um, research chemicals. Why? Because they're infinitely better than the old standbys of heroin and cocaine and, and speed and all that other nonsense. Um, far more powerful, um, far more predictable, and a lot more fun. And they're legal, 
Right. I actually, I just read a story this morning about a company that Mike Novogratz had invested in that was researching psychedelics, yes. the treatment of depression and anxiety, and it was very interesting, and it, the research was amazing. Yes. Well, not just that. The, here's the thing with research chemicals. Until the FDA gets their hands on it and goes through their years of research, it's legal, right? right. Because if it's not listed, it's not illegal. So what happens is, and everybody knows that the FDA will finally make it illegal, like they did with um, uh, MDPV, which I probably should be illegal, actually. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so, but years before the FDA finally make it illegal, they've come up with an analog, totally different chemical structure, which is legal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I'm a fan of these things, and so from time to time, I pass them on to Brock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't have the time to research like I do. Uh, and and I've, I've always been into researching, you know, drugs and their effect on the body and the mind. Um, not, that I'm, not that I'm a specialist, but I've, I've certainly consumed more than the two of you could ever carry. But, um, I, uh, speaking of what it does to your mind in the same articles that I was reading, it was amazing when they talked about the transformation, the positive transformations in your brain that take place after, like, say, a trip on mushrooms, psilocybin, or however you pronounce it. Yeah, psilocybin. That, that's that, that's a that's a, a fairly mild psychedelic. Um, you know, DMT. Have you ever tried DMT? And the and the, the peyote cactus buttons. I think are very similar in their effect, but again, very mild compared to the the new age uh, research chemicals that produce similar but but far deeper and more profound reactions in the brain. Absolutely. Have you ever tried DMT? Oh yes, many times. I've actually overdosed on DMT. I would not advise it. I'm glad you said that because our third host w- wanted us to ask you specifically about DMT. So now you, you may have kept it. Yeah, no, I, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've taken as much DMT as, as he could carry, I'm sure. Uh, but let me tell you, but these are nothing, nothing compared to the psychedelic uh, new research chemicals coming out of uh, Russia uh, and certain parts of China, even though China's trying to crack down heavily on it, they're still producing. Um, the most powerful drug I've ever taken um, is MDPV, methylene dioxypyrovalerone. Uh, and that, that is, I think everybody who's taken it will say it is the most powerful drug on the planet. Wow. Um, it, the problem with it is it, it's got a very narrow band of, of uh, dosage. Uh, five milligrams, you can't even get a scale that's going to measure five milligrams, right. uh, is about the max dose. Okay. Uh, we're trying to measure out five milligrams without a, a scale that costs less than $10,000. Right. Uh, so, so people were, were eyeballing, right? So oh God. Uh, if you take 10 milligrams, you are going to have a trip that you will never fucking forget. <laughs> it's not going to be pleasant. If you remember uh, yeah. some years back where the man ate someone's face off in Florida? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, he, he was on MDPV. Oh, and see, he I live in Florida, and everything crazy happens here. Pardon? I live in Florida. I'm here in Florida now, and everything crazy that happens in the news, it's here in Florida. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, that, that was pretty crazy, but that was MDPV. Now, oh, okay. I've taken probably a kilogram of MDPV while it was legal. Um, and, and I know for a fact that you do not ever want to go over that dosage line uh, because there, there's a change in your brain that is impossible uh, to understand unless you've experienced it. Right. Where everything, everything becomes so intense. And by the way, MDPV is the only drug I know that gives tactile hallucinations. 
So, so you're, you know, you might be standing in line at the bank and you're feeling some, somebody giving you head. And you actually, <laughs> so it's like it's actually fucking happening. What? Yes. Uh, or, no, it, it's, it's a crazy drug because I've never experienced that. And most life hallucinations have been auditory or, or visual, but tactile. I mean, it's hard to deal with, right? So, so you're reaching down trying to pull somebody's head off of your crotch and there's nobody there, right? Um, that's amazing. And, oh, it's, it's a strange fucking drug. That so that's amazing. the most powerful and certainly certainly the one that I would not recommend people try just out of curiosity. I mean, you've got to be a serious psychonaut. Uh, <laughs> Probably tested the waters with some less potent things. Before yeah, the test it was something like alpha-PHP, okay, which is maybe one-twentieth as powerful, but gives similar... Similar things without the, without the tactile hallucinations, which I, you could do without anyway. I promise you. It sounds like uh, it sounds like it. That's probably how the guy tried to eat the guy's face. He was probably trying reacting to something. Like yeah, that. something absolutely. Thought it was like his dinner no. plate. He thought it was a nice juicy steak or something. Yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, why are you fucking me in the butt? You know. Like, who knows? Uh, there it is. <laughs> I mean, uh, seriously, you want you want a spooky experience. A tactile hallucination. You just not prepared for it. It's just not I mean, I mean, hallucinating oral sex doesn't sound that bad. So. <laughs> you, you try it out and try to try to function, and that's the bank. MDPV will last for forty-eight hours. Oh, so, oh my god! And then after that, you're not going to sleep for another three days. Oh my god! Um, so no, I'm trying to function. Having tactile hallucinations is absolutely not possible. It really is not. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, well, I'm glad we got the. Uh, our third host was very sad he couldn't be here because he wanted to ask you about those. So I'm glad we got those for him. <laughs> um, awesome. We're, so we, we want to wrap up in a couple minutes. We respect your time. We just want to give you a couple like rapid fire things. Uh, dr- what was your favorite drug? Was on there. We'll skip that one. Um, what's your favorite food? <laughs> My favorite what? What's your favorite food? Raspberries. Raspberries. What's your favorite drink? Scotch, single malt, doesn't matter what brand. All right. How about your favorite car? Well, it depends. So it depends on what you want. I mean, if you if you if I'm on the beach, I want a dune buggy, uh, <laughs> made made from a Jeep Wrangler. Um, you know, if, if I'm if I'm trying to pick up an important person, I'd, I'd like my uh, uh, Bentley uh, uh, convertible. Um, and if, if I want a nice, comfortable ride for a long distance, I'll take the, the Lincoln Navigator. So it depends on function. I have a feeling yeah. this next one will depend on function, too. What's your favorite gun? Ah, yeah, see, that definitely depends on function. Number one, am I inside the house or out? Do I need something that's going to go through a doorway sideways so I'm not going to have a long shotgun? Uh, but for handguns, uh, I, I have two. One is, is the, uh, the, the Glock 17. Uh, the other one is the FN57. Uh, that's the one that has bullets that look like rifle bullets. Um, uh, both of them are awesome sidearms, and I have both. I'm carrying. I'm carrying my Glock now. I always carry a gun, always. Um, and and usually, if I'm alone, the gun is not in my holster; it's in my hand. So, I quickly, actually, <laughs> ready to go uh, for for a long gun. I, I prefer I prefer a shotgun, double O bot, uh, double O buckshot. Uh, in a semi-automatic. That way you don't have to pump. That way if you can find a way to, to hold the muzzle on something, you can fire with one hand and fire your pistol with the second hand, which I'm very adept at, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, I hope I never have to find that out. <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs> awesome. Well, so we, we just have one more um, 
we just we got to bring it up. I feel like it's something everybody brings up every time they talk to you. Now that since you since you made the the bold bet of uh, eating your dick on national television if Bitcoin doesn't hit a million by 2020. <laughs> so we're not going to ask you, you know, how or what. It's so you said your favorite drink is scotch. What? Yes. What, what what scotch do you think would pair best with dick? <laughs> You know, I don't know, like the Highland Scotches of Balvini, uh, you know, 14 years or something like that. That's perfect. But listen, that's, eating my dick is, is not going to happen because by 2020, if you just run some freaking numbers, just the massive rise in the number of businesses accepting Bitcoin and the massive rise in the number of people using it. And the fact that Bitcoin, really, if you take the 4 million that are lost, only has 17 million even after it's all mined out. Well, geez, there are 40 million uh, millionaires. What if just what if every one of them just wanted one Bitcoin? Well, you can't. I'm sorry. Not enough to go around. Please, God, want the numbers. So, no, it has to be a million dollars by the end of 2020. And if I'm wrong, then mathematics is wrong. Well, we we here at Rect Podcast, we believe in that statement, and we wanted to show some solidarity. So myself and our other co-host that's not here, we wanted to tell you that we would be willing to eat half your dick if you are wrong. So, you know, we're, we're in with you. If, if the world of math is, in fact, wrong, and I do have to, uh, I'm going to uh, you know, sublet that task to a Bangkok prostitute. Uh, and make sure that make sure that she eats it over a period of four or five years. Um, so you know, we'll, uh, it'll, everything will be fine. All right. Perfect. So you know, just in case, we we got your back over here at Rex Podcast. So that's all we had. That's all we had, Mr. McAfee. We really, really appreciate your time. We wanted to. Uh, all right. um, thanks for coming on with us, uh, Cynthia. You got yeah. anything else? I don't. We appreciate it. We've had fun with you. We've been looking okay. forward to this call. So. Thanks for your time. All right. Bye-bye. And we are back. We hope you enjoyed that pretty awesome, awesome (laughs) interview with uh, John McAfee. Guys, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I got to say, I think that's the most engaged he's been in any interview that I've I've ever heard. I I haven't heard too many, like, you guys got him excited. he He hasn't been on too many podcasts as far as I know. No, I'm talking all interviews. I'm talking CNN. That was <laughs> oh, the most engaged I've ever seen him. Wow. Breaking, that- breaking news. Rex podcast is greater than CNN. You heard it here first. Uh, and we provide real factual news, too. So that's great. I, yes. think it was just, I think the flow of the interview, though, couldn't have been more perfect because you get the beginning with just the real, uh, you know, legit crypto talk, his projects. And then we show him the Pepe card, and then all hell kind of breaks loose after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really enjoyed the. Uh, I, I think that's when he, you know, from being on a video hangout with him too, you could totally see his body language change right around that yeah. part of the interview where you know he leans in to to see the the art drawn by Crypto Draws. Shout out Crypto Draws for that cool Pepe card. Um, and then he, the whole interview kind of goes off the rails from there, and he obviously talks about partying and his bath favorite salts. guns and oh, bath we salts. Got, we got I mean, look, he can write one one hell of a Yelp review for bath salts from John that's McAfee. Amazing. I mean, come on. That's, that, you, you, this is a free podcast, people. You're getting reviews on bath salts. <laughs> that's it. You, that's it. That's this amazing. is free. This is free content the, for the, you people. The bank commentary, uh, you know. 
with him talking about standing in line at the bank. Oh, oh my God, my <laughs> Jesus! And I, I, he was—I mean, he was loving it. He, was, <laughs> he, he was, really was. He went off on a tangent with that one. That was hilarious. I—I I, I just wanted him to talk about DMT, and he gave us <laughs> bath <we> <laughs> I mean, you can't. So that was uh, that. that was Chambers' number one request was to that he wasn't going to be on the podcast, but he wanted us to specifically ask about DMT, and uh, well, we did. Um, <laughs> but it was funny because Chamber just kept messaging us on Telegram the entire time. He's like, "Did you ask him yet? Did you ask him yet? Did you <laughs> don't forget, guys?" <laughs> <laughs> and then when we finally asked him, we were just sending him, uh, you know, a bunch of exclamation points in the uh, in the Telegram, telling him, uh, and he, you know, he, Mr. McAfee does not recommend DMT. So Chamber, you no, know, he, oh, he, no, he, he said does. He, OD'd he doesn't right. recommend bath salts. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, he no, said that, no. He said bath salt should be illegal. Yeah. But yeah, I, but he also said DMT that Chambers should not try. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, I'm going to. It's, it's happening. <laughs> um, and then um, I, I just think the whole thing was pretty interesting with, you know, from our standpoint, we were pretty nervous going into it because we didn't know what to expect. We thought we knew. We thought we were going to get that kind of John McAfee. So we were like, all right, this is great. Um, this is what we're going to try to do. And then, you know, about five minutes in, we're like, man, he's being real serious. <laughs> so I'm we're like, like texting oh. both of y'all on the telegram, like, oh, shit, guys, I don't know if we're going to get like crazy McAfee. He's being so serious. And, and then I'm like, just- I'm like, I don't think we have enough, like, real questions for him. <laughs> to finish this interview to, we're like 15 <laughs> minutes in and i'm like hmm, that's everything i had to ask well it's been fun thanks <laughs> we blew it yes <laughs> yes right well you know because when i asked him what his favorite car was he was like well it just really depends on the situation and so i was like all right well then this one definitely will depend on the situation right uh, what yeah. did you think about what did you think about his answer for what kind of scotch would pair best with his dick chamber <laughs> did you enjoy that answer i can't believe i got him to answer that <laughs> i can it's totally something he would answer <laughs> well um I think we just lost chamber anyway. So (laughs) anyway, well, then we could wrap this up. I mean, that was it. We wanted to bring you a John McAfee interview. We are very uh, humbled and thankful that uh, Mr. McAfee was able to make some time for us to do that. We hope you enjoyed it. Please, um, you know, like it, share it. um, Give us some feedback. Uh, tweet at McAfee um, because we want him to, you know, feel like he spent his time wisely with us last week. Um, and uh, just another couple housekeeping things. We definitely um, appreciate all the the love and support we've gotten in our Telegram group so far. So please continue to, um, you know, join that. We're doing some giveaways there. That's t.me backslash wrecked underscore podcast. Follow us on Twitter at wrecked underscore podcast. And um, where else can you find us? Uh, please also... Well, st- we're on Facebook um, too now. We are on yeah, Facebook yeah. too. If you're we over forty, uh, <laughs> yes, I can't you can stand fo- Facebook. You guys, you can follow us on Facebook. 
Where well, the I best go. part the best part about the Facebook is it's connected to like our YouTube stuff. So yeah, everything um, gets popular. All the normies and no corners on Facebook, and they need us. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying hey, to convert look. them. Yeah, that's it. That's what we're here for. I, I mean, look, if if anybody is wrecked out there, it's Facebook crypto, sure <laughs> right? I mean, sure no <laughs> I think if anybody is out there that's wrecked, it's Facebook crypto. So uh, follow us on Facebook. Where do they find us on Facebook? Just wrecked podcast chamber. Yeah, just wreck wreck podcasts. Uh, I'll put up all the uh, all the news articles we talk about. All the all the uh, podcasts get uploaded automatically uh, via YouTube. Uh, then, we're also on Instagram, guys. That's right, Instagram. Oh God, we're right. So for all those cool kids out there. Podcast on Instagram. Yeah. If you're under forty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you're like under thirty-five. Yeah. Under thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, please uh, leave us some five-star reviews if you feel so inclined on iTunes. That helps us. Uh, it's really easy, guys. You're on your phone already. You just guys. click on you just click on our uh, on our logo and throw us a five star review. It's 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 that easy. Not only five star, but leave your comments because yeah, a good Raptor comment. Jesus forty two left a bad comment about me and my voice. <laughs> shot called. And we yeah. need somebody to override this ding dongs. Yeah. Uh, yeah comment, and <laughs> it's like it was from our first episode where and my mic was crappy and hella loud. So we're actually gonna re- I'm gonna actually. Uh, read this review on our next episode just so everybody knows what it is you out raptor jesus 42 we need to we need to bury it it's sitting at the top of our of our itunes comments and it's like the first thing you see and it's pretty terrible um not you know hey they had misogynistic they had had great things to say about the podcast just not such great things to say about Cynthia. if you like me please write a review (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, well, that's it for us. We will have a second episode, a very short um, short and sweet 30-minute episode for you coming out later this week as well. Um, thanks for listening. Until then, don't get wrecked, and that is financial advice.